it's important to know that our bodies can't discern between added or naturally occurring sugars. Sugar, sugar is sugar. Is sugar. There's no like, is maple syrup better than honey or like it's still going to have that impact on your blood sugar. To keep it in check, the most effective method is consuming a variety of whole foods and making sure that you're incorporating like whenever you're baking like zucchini or beans or like avocado, like something to that baked item to counterbalance the sugar. Doctor said you got PCOS. Now go on, girl, just lose some weight. Till I took the symptoms into my own hands and reversed them naturally. So I became a dietitian to help my sisters feel the best they've ever felt. Take a step in my direction if you wanna prove them wrong and take control of yourself. You should never put a pool in the middle of a party outside. I mean, a lot of people in L.A. do that because the valley gets really hot and everyone has a pool. And then when you have a party, you do it outdoors. But it's such a bad idea. I know. As we just saw. We were just watching a video, sisters. And this grandma is just nonchalant walking into into a a wedding reception. Just walking, walking, walking. And boom, she like steps into the pool and like just. We're cracking up laughing. It's in. it's not the fact that she falls in the pool. It's the way she falls in. Like she's walking with like her handbag, swinging, swinging, she's like distracted, and like the way she falls in though, like she just, she's she's like she has no idea there's a pool and she just like flips into the water. It was so funny. Y'all gotta watch it. It's, if you just go to YouTube, YouTube. Mm-hmm. and just search "Grandma falls into pool." It starts off with just showing. It's like the first video, right? Yeah, it was the first video that popped up. Uh Uh-huh. But it just starts off with like cameras showing the party, like nighttime, people are wearing nice suits. And then in the corner of the video, all of a sudden, this grandma starts walking into the scene. (laughs) I feel like that would happen to me. Maybe. Maybe if you're distracted. I mean, it's my biggest fear, so it probably wouldn't, but... But it's so funny. Just the way she falls, like she gets sucked into a black hole, it looks like. (laughs) so funny. And then people are screaming like, ah, mama, ah, like it's lava or something. And none of the men are doing anything about it because they're all in like nice suits. Like, hell no, I'm not going to get wet. No one wants to jump in, get their nice watch wet. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if like what happened to her. I want to know what happened to her after that. I know the guy shouldn't have stopped recording. I would have recorded the whole thing. No, I mean, like what happened like two hours later, like was she still at the party? Or was she like, I guess that's my party. Oh, for heaven's sake. My dress Who is cares? Let's move on. Okay. Fine. <laughs> well, welcome, sisters, to another episode of the podcast. Of the Palmcast. Right now, we're uh, recording this in Dubrovnik, Croatia. But by the time you hear this, we'll actually be back in America. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you don't know, we record these episodes one week prior to the release date. So one week from today, on the Monday that you're listening to, We'll actually be in America and in, in basically Orange County where we live. Yes. There's a thunderstorm going on outside. So we're watching that from our window and we're just sitting on our bed. Very uncomfortable. I'm, com- I'm comfortable. <laughs> I don't know. This bed kind of sucks, but we're here yeah. we're recording and we're getting it done. Yes. As you know, like the last five, six months, we've been traveling to Europe. Uh, been very fortunate to be able to work and travel at the same time. But 
it's not over. Like we're, even though we're going back to America, it's more of like a break, and we have to go back for uh, my cousin's wedding. I'm also going to be a godfather for my other cousin. I like to brag about this. I don't know why I feel like <laughs> it's so funny that I'm a godfather, the but like godfather. the fact that somebody chose me, it's just like I'm proud of it. Yeah, I'm proud of myself. Good for you. Yeah, but anyways, we're going back for that for like three weeks to kind of see family, chill out for a second. Actually, we're not, we're not even going to chill out. The second we go back, we're going to refilm the entire learn section in the sisterhood. Oh, yeah. And because we, we want to have like shoot. brand new videos for the app that's about to come out. So we're going to refilm everything in the learn section and update everything. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be really fun. Yeah, I just now that you've said that, I just realized today I have to continue writing you know the scripts. the scripts for it yeah i mean it's a process it's definitely a process it's gonna be great though i'm so excited yeah and for those wondering yes the app is gonna come out soon i know we keep talking about it right now it's out of our hands our um, developer is working on the coding you know the design is done the functionality is all done now it's up to the developers to just code the thing mm-hmm. and actually make it come to life and we actually have it downloaded on our phones because we have the first several drafts done. Now they're basically getting the bugs out. So hopefully we'll have it done in about one to two months. Probably around August it will be completed and released. Um, I'm stay just tuned for that. Say September. September. <laughs> they said you like to be a little bit later. Conservative about it. To be conservative. Yeah. I want to say August just to like force it. Just to like push no, the needle a little bit. I want it to be perfect. So I'm not going to rush it. Yeah. So I'm going to say September, sisters. I know. We'll let you know closer to those dates. <laughs> All right. So let's go into today's episode. So today we're going to be talking about, uh, we're going to do a little Q&A, of course. We're going to do a voicemail from a sister. And the main topic of today's episode is basically, is sugar bad for PCOS? What kind of sugar is okay? How much sugar should you actually be having per day uh, to lose weight with PCOS and to manage your symptoms? So today's episode is going to be all about sugar and kind of diving into that. We're even going to talk about artificial sweeteners, natural sweeteners. What are the best options when you're going for sugar substitutes? So it's a really great episode for anyone who is trying to learn more about, you know, how to manage their PCOS and their diet day to day. Yes. All right. So Elise says... What if you're on birth control? Would you still apply the same workouts? Trying to figure that out. Oh, yeah. This question was about um, a a reel that we had on Instagram. The reel was about how you should work out according to your cycle Mm -hmm. and the cycles you have during your month. Yes. Your monthly cycle, (laughs) basically. Your monthly cycle. (laughs) And if you want to learn more about that, by the way, we have a whole podcast episode about that. I highly recommend uh, if you just scroll through our podcast feed, you'll find a podcast episode titled How to Work Out According to Your Monthly Cycle. So go ahead and listen to that. Yeah. But yes, it would basically, even if you're on birth control, the same methods according to your cycle would work. So even if you're on birth control or not, um, you can still follow that uh, workouts per cycle. Should we talk about that? For I want to, yeah, I want to mention also that when you take birth control, you kind of mute your natural cycles of like estrogen and progesterone, that rhythm, you know, sometimes they're high, sometimes they're low, like during your cycle. And that's kind of not, hap- I mean, that's not, kind of, it's not happening while you're on birth control anymore. But when you do get your period on birth control, you're taking those, what they call a sugar pill. And that means that, you know, you're not taking estrogen anymore and your period comes. So you might see a shift in your mood or, you know, your energy levels. And so you can still follow like that workout method that we suggest 
based on your cycle. Yeah. But it's a little bit more difficult to understand like your body's rhythms when you're on birth control. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And if you're curious, like just to kind of explain a little bit in the monthly cycle, you have phase one, your menstrual cycle. This is basically when your energy is at its lowest and you want to focus on like lighter exercises like yoga or even just uh, it's okay to skip a workout because you, you will have like very low energy. And then uh, phase two is follicular. This is when like your hormone uh, levels are beginning to increase so you can start to do a little bit more. Uh, the third phase is the ovulation phase. This is when your follicle is releasing an egg. So you have more energy, more social. So this is a good time to increase those workouts, maybe lift weights, do a little cardio, a group workout. And then last phase is the phase four, the luteal phase. This is when you're transitioning from, again, the high to low energy, where you're going to go back to the menstrual phase. So now you want to focus maybe a little bit on slow strength training and scale back to yoga as you go back to the menstrual cycle. Yeah. All right. The next question is from Mancha47 from Instagram. Her question is, I can't sleep the whole night. Can you give me some suggestions on what to do with late night cravings? So when you have late night cravings, you want to think about what you did during the day because that's what is going to set you up for whether or not you're going to have cravings at night. So did you have your high protein breakfast? Did you have breakfast, lunch and dinner, maybe a snack in between? Or did you skip a meal? Because that can create like an imbalance with your blood sugar and affect your cravings at night. Also, making sure that you're not doing really high intensity workouts during the day because that can surge your cortisol and then it's hard to bring that back down for a lot of PCOS women. So when you can't bring it back down, you're awake like all all day, all night, you know, and then you can't sleep at night and then you're fatigued the next day. So it just doing a slow weighted workout could help you instead of doing an intense workout or even cycling classes. And taking melatonin also, because I've read that women with PCOS, our melatonin receptors aren't as responsive um, Mm -hmm. and they're damaged. And sometimes taking melatonin can really help with giving you a boost in melatonin and, you know, getting your receptors to like communicate. So anyways, taking melatonin could help you. Awesome. And then uh, last question from Anya Sebastian. Can you do strength training first and then cardio when you have PCOS? Does the order matter? Uh, ultimately, the order doesn't really matter. However, I would suggest, honestly, like it, it really depends. Like, What do you like to get started with? For example, if you do like 15 minutes of cardio, it's a great way for your body to get warmed up. It kind of increases like, like your heart rate just a little bit. It increases your energy levels. It starts to like get the body ready for a, like a full uh, strength training session. So yeah, like if you can do cardio first or you can do it after your strength training session as a way to cool down. So ultimately, it doesn't make a big difference in terms of like results or impacting like your cortisol hormone or overall your symptoms. But if you like one or the other more, I would just suggest starting with the one that you like more because it basically creates like the momentum for your workout. So if you really like strength training, start with strength training. It can really help you like get into the workout and then you can do your cardio session after if you if you don't like cardio as much. But if you like cardio more, then start with cardio. It can help you warm up and build that momentum. And you can go into strength training afterwards. Good idea. Did you hear about that sister who took Ovacetol and finally got her period after a year of not having one? Incredible. 
I see those kinds of messages on Instagram a lot. How does that even happen? Well, Ovacetol helps with healing insulin resistance, a common root issue that most PCOS sisters have. And by targeting insulin resistance, we're seeing sisters kick those crazy cravings, finally regulate their periods, ovulate, and improve their egg quality. Each packet of Ovacetol has a 40 to 1 ratio of myo-inositol and d chiroinositol This ratio is similar to the ratio that should be found in the body. But with women like me who have PCOS, this ratio is often imbalanced. So taking Ovacetol can be super effective in treating insulin resistance starting from the root of the issue. So awesome. It tastes like nothing. So just warn me when you put it in a cup so I don't drink it. You got it, boo. Check out the link in the description to get 15% off your order. Before we uh, play the voicemail, I want to do our giveaway winner for the episode. We do a little giveaway every single episode, and today's giveaway is a person from uh, that left a Apple Podcast review from P Smooth Twenty Two. Mm-hmm. You want to read the review, babe? She says, "I have had PCOS since I was sixteen, and have been told to just lose weight since listening to this podcast. It has helped me more." Oh, period. <laughs> been told to just lose weight. Period. Since listening to this podcast, it has helped me more over the last month than anything else in the last eleven years. Thank you for being so willing to help us turn over a new leaf with PCOS. Aww. Well, you're so welcome. You're very welcome. I'm Peace so move. glad our podcast was able to help you. Um, we like to spread awareness, and we like to you know, make sure that everyone with PCOS feels educated about their symptoms and what's going on. So they realize it's really not their fault and there's stuff that they can do about it, you know, and that's so empowering and not to tie this into our app, but I'm very excited because (laughs) it's like a tool to apply all the things that we talk about and like track your progress and, you know, a plan for you. So I'm so excited for taking it to the next level. Absolutely. Thank you, Peace Smooth, for, for your support and for leaving us the review. We're going to send you a three-month supply of Ovacetol. Uh, to get your award, just email us at hello at PCOSweightloss.org. Hello at PCOSweightloss.org. And this is just a way for us to thank all the sisters who support us um, by leaving a review on our podcast. So we always appreciate it. And yeah, we'll do another winner next week. All right. With that note, let's play a voicemail from a sister. Hi, um, I have two questions regarding PCOS. I recently discovered your YouTube channel, your Instagram, your podcast, and it's been really enlightening for me. So thank you for all of your clear and um, helpful information. Um, the questions are like this. The first one is, what is the, the differences that happen between cutting out gluten and cutting out dairy? Do they do the same thing? Or if you cut out one, will you see results? just by cutting out one, or um, do you need to cut out both together in order to see results? And my second question is um, regarding sugar. I haven't heard you guys really discuss sugar. Again, I recently just discovered you, so it's possible that I missed it. Um, but, you know, I get cut out gluten and cut out dairy, and I also get, you know, eating food high in fiber, and, you know, she definitely have carbs. But I haven't really heard you speak about sugar. If that is okay, obviously, moderation for someone who's PCOS, it's so possible to lose weight. You know, can I have a piece of chocolate? Um, can I have dairy-free ice cream? 
okay, have gluten free treats, things like that. So if you could address either of those questions, it would be really helpful. Thank you guys so much for all of the work that you give. All right. So to summarize, she asked, you know, what's the difference between going gluten free and dairy free? Like, which one should I start first? And um, what about sugar? Like, can I have some in snacks, desserts or like cut it out completely? Like, what's the deal with sugar? Yeah. And by the way, I was going through like our, our voicemails of the inbox and her question at the end about sugar is what motivated us to make this whole episode about sugar because I realized like we realized we talked about sugar in different episodes and like like inserts here and there but we've never made like a specific episode about sugar which is surprising Mm -hmm. since we've been doing this for almost three years so thank you to the sister for sending this message and kind of motivating this episode and by the way we haven't done the voicemail in a while I don't know why shame on me um (laughs) But if you want to leave a voicemail for this podcast, we highly encourage it. All you got to do is just call 1-833-ASK-PCOS, 1-833-ASK-PCOS. And the number, I don't know, uh, the number is 833-275-7267, which translates to ASK-PCOS. Anyway, do you want to explain uh, like the difference between gluten and dairy and what each helps with? Yeah. So... Gluten and dairy can be really inflammatory. I mean, they're known inflammatory endocrine disrupting foods. So there's a lot of studies that link, you know, dairy to acne and gluten to gut issues. And I would say, well, we have the five steps to PCOS weight loss in the sisterhood where um, in step three, you go gluten free. Uh -uh. I mean, in step Step two, two. you go gluten free and step three, you go dairy free. Uh, Because, you know, sometimes it's hard to do like both at the same time. But I suggest doing both. Like one isn't necessarily different than another because they both affect inflammation. And you want to see like to what degree for your body. So for me, even one slice of cheese a day, which is like not a lot, you know, if you're if you eat cheese regularly and you're like, I'm just going to cut it down to only breakfast, one slice a day. Just that was enough to give me a full face of cystic acne. And that's me and everyone's different. And you would only know if you cut it out for 30 days to see how you feel and then add it back in a little bit, see if it's like flaring up your symptoms and what it's doing to you Mm -hmm. and i think uh as you said like both are really important and the reason we have in in this sisterhood where you start with gluten-free and then Mm -hmm. dairy-free because it can be overwhelming to do both and like tyne said like gluten can be really helpful if you're trying to reduce inflammation and dairy as well but dairy also has a direct connection with acne um so does gluten but like there's research studies that really connect dairy and acne occurrence plenty of meta-analysis studies as well as individual studies that showcase this so if you're also like if you have acne and it's been frustrating for you honestly try going dairy-free and gluten-free so many sisters have seen benefits of going dairy-free and like eliminating their acne we have so many screenshots of sisters who send us their like like pictures of like oh my god my acne is disappearing so definitely if you have acne too like dairy is a big big culprit yeah i mean both are definitely linked to hormonal disruption and um it's just worth a try to see what it's doing to your body because there's enough studies on it to show that it's going to affect inflammation and pcos is an inflammatory condition yeah so you know you don't want to make that worse yes all right, and to answer um, the question about sugar, let's dive into the topic then. That's, All it's, right. it's perfect time to dive into today's topic about 
do you need to avoid sugar with PCOS? So let's understand the connection between PCOS and sugar. So with PCOS, to be diagnosed, you'd need two out of the three symptoms. You would need hyperangiogenism, which is the facial hair acne. You would need irregular periods and or you would need ovarian cysts to be diagnosed with PCOS, two out of these three. And they're all related to having insulin resistance, whether it's light insulin resistance or severe insulin resistance. These are triggered by insulin resistance. And that's basically the pathway to diabetes. So it's really important to catch it at insulin resistance before it snowballs out of control. That's why we really promote taking care of PCOS like ASAP. Yeah, and it's, it's a contributor to so many PCOS symptoms, like for example, insane cravings. Like mm -hmm. if you have those uncontrollable cravings, like we were talking about before, the cravings in the evening or just throughout your day, like almost uh, all the time, it's related to insulin resistance because 80% yeah. of sisters have insulin resistance. Yeah, exactly. I love your explanation of insulin resistance. Can you explain oh. to us what insulin resistance is? Is this our love language? <laughs> yes, this Science. is how we, this is our, um, what is the word? Uh, what? Actually, it's inappropriate. Okay. Just go ahead. Well, everyone's thinking it. Sirak <laughs> <laughs> is scratching his back like a bear against the tree because he has bug bites. So I'm just like I just have a mosquito bite on my back yeah. and I'm rubbing it against the headboard <laughs> okay. of the bed right now. All right. So insulin resistance. Basically, your cells, when they're inflamed, they're locked up. Okay. How does this happen? It could be from inflammatory foods, gluten, <clears throat> gluten. dairy. It can be from endocrine disruptors. Your cell gets inflamed, right? And it can't respond to the hormone insulin. And insulin is this hormone that's trying to give your cells the sugar in your bloodstream so your cells can burn it for energy and use it up and metabolize it. But your cells are inflamed and essentially it's inhibiting your metabolism from working properly and your blood sugar ends up remaining high. Your insulin levels remain, remain high and this process isn't able to work. Insulin triggers the high testosterone in your ovaries and creates all these PCOS symptoms that we just mentioned and makes you feel like you want to eat more and more sugar because it's not able to do its job. It's just floating around in the bloodstream. Mm -hmm. And so those cravings come, right? And, you know, we end up gaining weight in the midsection because the sugar in our bloodstream stores as fat around our midsection and around our liver and we get fatty liver. So it's a metabolic mess, insulin resistance. Yeah. And it's definitely something you want to minimize and eating sugar definitely makes it worse. Yes. So. And that's where basically like this, this is now where we can dive into the to sugar. Basically, excess sugar intake is going to be a contributor to insulin resistance and inflammation throughout the body, which is why it's really important to understand how much sugar is right for you and how the different types of sugar can affect you. Because it doesn't mean that you have to completely avoid sugar. You just have to know like daily amount and like what types of sugar is going to be okay. Now, there are also like two different, I guess, uh, methods of like uh, determining what that sugar's impact is going to have on you. Yeah. So there's a glycemic index and the insulin index. Could you explain that for us as a dietitian? Yes. So the glycemic index is going to tell you like... For example, you eat a banana. What impact is that going to have on your blood sugar? How high is it going to make your blood sugar soar? That's what the glycemic index is telling you. 
the insulin index is telling you how high is that going to make your insulin go up. Dairy can make your insulin go up as high as two slices of bread. So what you want to do is realize that it's not just the impact of the sugar that you want to be concerned about. Mm -hmm. It's the impact of that food on your insulin levels as well. So, I mean, yeah, dairy, like unsweetened yogurt may not make your blood sugar go up, but it may make your insulin go up and that affects your insulin resistance. That's so interesting. That's why we always talk about like trying to go dairy free for PCOS because of this huge, huge factor of insulin resistance that Mm -hmm. contributes to PCOS symptoms. And you don't realize it. You may be drinking like milk and maybe it's low, low fat milk and you think it's okay, but then... Like you just explained, it spikes your insulin index more than you would ever think. And it's yeah. so interesting. Like I, I never really realized that until we started, like, you know, until I started learning more about PCOS and mm-hmm. insulin resistance. So mm-hmm. it's it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into the sugar f- substitutes, but their impact on the insulin index is really like it's something to think about. Yeah. And the part that makes it really hard is that most foods don't have their glycemic index printed on the label. So what you can do instead is like watch out for the added sugars that's printed on the label. And we're going to talk about really soon how many grams of sugar is okay per day. With that said, let's dive into the natural and added sugars. All right. So natural sugars this is the sugar content before you add sweeteners so let's say you're drinking a smoothie okay and the fruit in the smooth like you know it's not added sugar the added sugar is like the cane sugar or like maple syrup you would add to yeah. it do you know what i'm saying yeah like added sugars can yeah. be like any sweetener or sweetening agent for example like agave mm. syrup maple syrup honey fruit preserves basically like any quote-unquote sweet ingredient yeah exactly So you want to aim to get below 50 grams of added sugar per day. And this is the USDA guidelines. I think 50 grams is still too high for someone with PCOS. Yeah. I avoid it at all costs. I mean, like, yeah, I would have some like raisins that are mixed in with the nuts. And we're talking about added sugar too. We're not talking about natural sugar. We're we're, we're talking about added sugar. So yeah, avoiding that. I, I would, my advice is to keep it to a minimum as much as you can. Yeah. I know if you're if you want to eat gluten-free bread or something, there's some sugar in it. Sure, but 50 grams just seems like a lot. I think one rule of thumb that we always do is like let's say we're buying we're at a grocery store and we're buying some like protein bars, like kind bars, what have you. We always look at the label and we try to stay below like 5 grams mm-hmm. of added sugar. You'll always see like added sugar So like our rule of thumb is always get something that's either five grams or less per each product. And then as you're eating it throughout the day, just whatever you're eating, again, just try to make sure it's less than five grams of added added sugar. This amount basically helps you, it helps make sure that you're eating like nutrient dense foods and still preventing like the risk of like chronic diseases like insulin resistance, type two diabetes and even inflammation. Exactly. So when you look at the box of a nutrition label, it's a separate line item than the total sugar. It'll say added sugar and in, indented under total sugar. And that'll mean how much like maple syrup or whatever is added to that thing that you're eating. Yeah. So yeah, added sugars are like broken down on their own and they're right below that. So it's important to know that our bodies, they don't, we don't, they, <laughs> we can't discern between added or naturally occurring sugars. Sugar, sugar is sugar. sugar. 
there's no like, is maple syrup better than honey or like, you know, it's still going to have that impact on your blood sugar. And so that doesn't mean never eat it ever, ever again and like avoid it. Like the plague is not what I'm saying, but keep in mind, like if that's the case, then you have to think what else is in that brown? Is it a zucchini brownie with a little bit of maple syrup for like the delicious taste, like make it a brownie or is it refined sugar? No fiber in the, it's from a box. Like, you know, there's a difference between Mm -hmm. how you make that recipe for your blood sugar stability. And We'll get into it right now. Yeah. To keep it in check, the most effective method consuming a variety of whole is consuming a variety of whole foods and making sure that you're incorporating like whenever you're baking like zucchini or beans or like avocado, like something to that baked item to counterbalance the sugar. Yeah, like for example, Tyne always talks about like when you're gonna eat something like fruit, because fruit obviously has naturally occurring sugar and it's it's totally fine to eat fruit. Fruit is great, has nutrients, it's, you should be eating fruit. However, it's about how you eat fruit that's important. So when you eat fruit, Tyne always talks about eating fruit with, for example, something that's high in healthy fats, like peanut butter. So you get some peanut butter, you put, mm-hmm. you slather it on an apple, you eat it together. The yeah. healthy fats and protein basically help your body to absorb the sugar into your bloodstream slower so that your your blood sugar doesn't rise. Like It's not like a spike in your blood sugar because when, when you have that large spike in your blood sugar, it's also going to come down fast mm-hmm. and make you feel hungry immediately. So when you eat fruit... Um, or basically anything with like sugar, you want to eat it with combining with healthy fats with some protein so the sugar gets absorbed into your bloodstream slower and you don't feel cravings like right yeah. away. So again, like you can eat sugar or you can, you can still have sugar. It's about moderation. It's about keeping it, you know, in control eat it. and how you eat it. Mm-hmm. I remember when I had really bad cravings, I thought that fruit was the answer and mm-hmm. I'd cut up some mango and some pineapple and tangerine and just snack on fruit you know in the afternoon and just like think that that was healthy for me because it's naturally sweet and I have cravings and it seemed like a healthy solution in fact it was just making it worse and it wasn't keeping me full at all and my insulin resistance was out of control so I take that really seriously now like I suggest starting with one fruit a day and then if your insulin sensitivity gets better and better, maybe you can have three fruits a day. But in the beginning, when you're managing your insulin resistance, you want to keep sugar to such a minimum and not be like, you know, relying on it to quench your cravings and instead just having it in a satisfying way with nuts and so on. And the recipes in the sisterhood, like I've literally nitpick them to death to make sure that they're low in sugar and there's like a chocolate mousse recipe but it's an avocado mousse recipe because it has you know healthy fat from the avocado mixed with the maple syrup that sweetens the chocolate mousse you know I I think of these things really thoroughly and diligently and Mm -hmm. like rigorously because yes I want dessert in the sisterhood we're like living our lives, right? Like obviously you're going to have something fun, make a cupcake, yeah. whatever. It's someone's birthday or you just want to enjoy it. But there has to be some kind of modification to support PCOS at the same time. Mm-hmm. So there, those recipes are very special to me. Yeah. <laughs> we should post more of them on Instagram stories and explain the sugar. People, people love the, the chia seed recipes that we posted, that you posted just recently. Mm-hmm. It's so good. I love them. 
Okay, so now with that, let's talk about some sweeteners, artificial, natural sweeteners. What are some good alternatives? What are some bad alternatives? Like a common suggestion, for example, for combating insulin resistance and reducing sugar intake is to use like artificial sweeteners, right? These include brands like Stevia and Splenda. And although, you know, many of us like feel like this is a healthy alternative, a lot of studies are actually showing that they may be doing the opposite and damaging our health. For example... I mean, like, like artificial sweeteners, they're okay in small and infrequent amounts. Like if you're using it once in a while, it's okay. It's not a big deal. But if you're using it every day, all the time, because, you know, it's not sugar, it's going to be it's gonna be totally fine. Actually, um, studies are showing that it's not. Yeah, I mean, if you have uh, type 2 diabetes, if you have insulin resistance, you know, insulin, overproduction of insulin triggers your taste buds to sense something super, super sweet when you eat these artificial sweeteners. So basically what happens is you have the stevia because you think, you know, it's low in sugar and everyone's telling me that this is a sugar substitute, but it creates a surge in insulin and you have an insulin response to it. Yeah. And that makes it harder to manage your insulin resistance. Yeah. I actually have this pulled from a study. It says artificial sweeteners like, like stevia, and others are associated with type 2 diabetes. Mm -hmm. This is likely due to excess insulin production triggered by taste buds sensing sweet yes. and therefore cells begin to desensitize themselves due to insulin not matching the amount of blood sugar available. Mm -hmm. Isn't that crazy? Yes. You would never think that, like, because it's not real sugar, but your body thinks it's sugar. Mm -hmm. Therefore, it's doing the same process it would as if you were having sugar. And it makes your cravings worse and worse if you struggle with insulin resistance. I had a patient when I used to do one-on-one, -on -one, and she was, a, like, she could not, she was hooked on artificial sweeteners. She's like, my cravings are so bad. There's nothing that works. I have to have artificial sweeteners. She had them all the time. And I asked her to cut it out to see how she feels. And it was hard. And uh -huh. then she did. And then her cravings went away. Wow. It was just like a cycle of like having them to reduce cravings. They were creating more cravings because her sensitivity to the taste of sugar yeah. was lower and lower. And so she just craved it more and more. Yes. Not just that. Another excerpt pulled from a study here. It says it has very consistently shown damage to gut health. The damaged gut microbiome is associated with increased weight, IBS symptoms, and insulin resistance. So this is really important because a lot of women with PCOS actually have gut issues, bloating, microbiome issues, yeah. which is also directly connected to insulin resistance. So another reason why it's better to avoid artificial sweeteners, even natural sweeteners like stevia, like you can have them once in a while, but if you're having them every day, it can actually be making your gut, gut microbiome worse. Yeah, it's a recipe for disaster for PCOS women. Honestly, I, I don't suggest it. And I know that it's like a controversial thing. I see other people suggesting it or saying it's okay or whatever, but I would rather have xylitol and we'll get into that. Yeah, I mean, of course, like again, we're saying it's okay to have it like if you're going to have it once in a while yeah, in moderation, it's okay. Of course, anything's fine in moderation. Yeah, it's like everyday use though. That's where it gets in. And that's where like this podcast, we just tell you what the research is saying. Yeah. We tell you the way it is. Our, our whole thing is like we're the messengers <laughs> of 
giving out the information that's online that's been done in studies to the masses because unfortunately this information isn't being told by doctors isn't being told by enough dietitians by enough nutritionists etc etc the whole point of this podcast is so that you're aware so you can make the change that you feel is right for you Mm -hmm. and just to continue before we get to our recommended sweetener it also has the sweeteners like artificial natural sweeteners also have higher association with headaches with I mean, this is not related to PCOS, but higher association with Alzheimer's disease, mm-hmm. which is weird, right? Because it's, it's probably bad for you. Yeah, yeah it's affecting your your neurons. Um, and then the last one is higher association with preterm labor, which sounds scary. I know. So just like keep be aware and um, just know that these are like some of the uh, what study conclusions have shown. Mm-hmm. And now coming to the one sweetener that we do recommend. And that is xylitol. Xylitol is the only sweetener that's actually good for you. And I learned this from my favorite book, PCOS SOS by Dr. Phyllis Gersh. And she says that, well, not she says, but there are studies that she links in her book that um, xylitol reduces gingivitis causing bacterias without killing the good bacterias. This is why you have xylitol um, toothpaste, right? Yes, this is why I have xylitol toothpaste. And it's also really good for your gut health. And Dr. Gersh, she suggests chewing xylitol gum that's sugar-free, spry gum. I'm going to get some when we go home. Because it increases this hormone called glucagon peptide 1. And that's associated with insulin sensitivity and weight loss in PCOS women. So, you know, whatever it's doing to your gut is helping with insulin sensitivity and ultimately weight loss. So I would opt for xylitol if you're going to choose a sweetener. And that's why you will not find any stevia in the sisterhood recipes. Uh (laughs) They're either made with some xylitol or no xylitol and just um, maybe like a mashed banana, like a a natural. Yeah. Or, Or sometimes we have actually natural sugar, for example, like maple syrup or agave syrup. And we don't we try to keep that that ratio of the recipe very low for agave or maple Mm -hmm. or whatever sugar we add, because, of course, we want it to taste good. But at the same time, we're trying to keep the sugar content low so that you can eat any of those things at any time you want. So we like all the recipes are always like research backed with each ingredient, like the xylitol or even the added sugars to make sure that they're within those limits that we talk about here on this podcast. Exactly rigorously researched (laughs) yes and again if you want to get access to all of our uh, gluten and dairy-free meal plans in the sisterhood because we have recipes and we have weekly meal plans that you can download and and basically grocery shop and more and more and i mean when the app comes out it's going to be even more more crazier but that's all available if you just go to pcosweightloss.org and click on the uh, programs section uh speaking about xylitol for a second this is actually the protein powder that we're developing. The only sweetener that's going to have is xylitol. It's not going to have any sugar, any added yeah. sugar. In fact, it's, like it's not going to have any sugar at all. It's going to have zero grams. And the only <laughs> sweetener that will have is xylitol because of those research studies that we talked about. Yeah, I mean, it actually might have like one gram of sugar How in it. How dare you? Because we're sweetening the protein powder with a little bit of xylitol and maybe some like berry powder. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So and not, that's real like, berry powder um, too. It's not. Uh, it's not a natural. Yeah, dehydrated berry. Yeah. Yeah, it's like real berry. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So maybe there's one gram of sugar, but it's yeah. fine. <laughs> and by the way, for anyone who's uh, wondering, when is the protein powder gonna come out? We had to delay the protein powder because we want to taste 
the protein powders, like the flavors that we're creating. So because we're traveling right now, we can't like the factory or not factory, but like the manufacturer is in Arizona. So we're going to go to Arizona to the factory and we're going to actually um, taste like all the different flavors that we're creating. And we need to taste it and make sure it tastes good before we actually give it to you right yeah. like that's how much we, we care so much that this protein powder actually is it's not just about like the ingredients of course the ingredients are the most important thing but also it has to taste good you want to be able to have it every day without like like gagging gagging yeah exactly so that's also, the reason for the delay also we're having this protein powder formula made from scratch like yes. we're creating the formula ourselves and we're not using stevia. We're using xylitol. It's not just some formula we're like slapping our name on. Like yeah. it's like something that we're actually making from scratch and exactly. investing in and like making it this like really heartfelt product. So yeah. it's going to take some time to like, you know, we need to get back home. We need to make sure that we're there for like the taste testing yeah. and making recipes with it and stuff. And yeah. Just so you know, like 99% of any protein powders that you see out there, they're what's known as quote unquote white labeling where somebody will get or already a produced protein powder from a company and just slap their label on it. I can guarantee you almost all quote unquote brand protein powders that you see from people online on Instagram or Especially whatever. Instagram. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're just basically slapping their label on the protein powder that's already mass produced, which it's just fine, of course. But we know that they're not designed for PCOS women. Whereas what we're creating right now, like Talia said, if it's you built from scratch. To this podcast, and we're like you have making to sure all the flavors, the, the ingredients. It's for example, my monthly like membership site where sisters just like you um, are learning uh, how to move through the there. stages we're of PCOS. Oh, sorry, not maca, from we found stage that one, hold and alone at the doctor's office, testosterone, nailing the PCOS lifestyle, gluten and dairy free. Get ready to finally feel in control of your body again. Consistently, like improving your hormonal balance while you're getting your protein powder. You're subconsciously balancing your hormones. Yes. And there's chia in there, chia powder. Yeah. The good news, I'm the, excited. the good news is that the um that the supplements will be coming out before the protein powder. So so stay tuned. <laughs> supplements are uh currently in currently being tested by the NSF to ensure quality and everything. So we'll be ready. That's also soon. taking a lot of time. I know because we're like creating things from scratch and making sure that it's exactly what we want it to be, the exact grams the exact yeah um you know s amount in comparison to the studies for those supplements like exactly you know if the study said take it for three months to get this result that's what we're doing you know exactly which takes time to formulate and to get tested by the nsf um which you know which is funny because like obviously like we don't have to have it tested by the nsf nobody else gets thing that gets yeah. their stuff tested by the nsf but we said you know we're gonna have it tested by the nsf which if you don't know is a third-party laboratory that basically one goes to the, the to the manufacturing area to ensure everything is being followed per almost like to the tune of like fda regulations yeah and make sure that the final product actually is what's on the label because that's what we like we really care about is the quality of each thing so you're, you're gonna get exactly what you're asking for yeah We've heard some horror stories about yeah. supplements and whatnot. So we're yeah. we're making it as clean and perfect as possible. Yeah. And it's very painstaking, okay? There's a lot of regulations. It's really yeah. annoying, but we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, before we end the podcast, we want to do uh, one last thing, the win of the week. 
normally we would do like multiple wins of the week, but because this podcast episode is running a bit longer than usual, we're going to do uh, one win of the week. This week's win of the week is from Laura. Tali, why don't you read, sure. read it for us? All right. Laura messaged us in the private Facebook group in the sisterhood. And she says, hi, lovely sisters. Just wanted to share my story and hopefully give some motivation. I'm 28 and only very recently diagnosed with PCOS after gaining loads of weight with no explanation. It was quite a shock. And prior, I didn't really know much about it. Obviously, gynos were useless and just said stay on birth control and try to lose weight, even though we know it's hard for women with PCOS. Thankfully, the sisterhood resources have been amazing for me to learn how to manage my PCOS. I've typed myself as insulin resistant and adrenal fatigue. Loads of things I didn't know um, are symptoms now all make sense. The tiredness, the anxiety, mood swings. I've just completed my first 30 days gluten and dairy free, caffeine free, alcohol free and soy free. And I've lost 11 pounds. I didn't eat meat before, but have had to um, add chicken back in along with fish to make it easier to get enough protein. I've also been drinking spearmint tea and taking myo inositol daily. Anyway, just wanted to say thank you to Talin and Sirak for making it easy to follow and understand how to eat for our bodies. This month, I'm going to incorporate slow-weighted workouts. I know it's hard to follow such a strict new lifestyle and the cravings we get, but it actually gets easier. And seeing those the scale go down, having more energy and just feeling like a human again makes it all worth it, I promise. Sending you all love on your journey. Oh, that's an amazing message from Laura. Thank you, Laura, for sending in that message in the sisterhood. Yes. Telling us about your journey your first 30 days, all the things like you basically eliminated, like, you know, caffeine, alcohol, the gluten, the dairy. And I think you're doing an amazing job, even like knowing the fact that, okay, I need to add chicken back, some fish back to mm-hmm. really increase my protein intake and drinking the spearmint tea, the inositol. Like you're really incorporating every step in a way that's like not overwhelming, but of course it can feel overwhelming, but you're really setting your body up for success. So we applaud you. Great job. And yeah, we, we look we really look forward to hearing more and more from you in the sisterhood and uh, as your journey continues. And yeah, we're always here to help and answer your questions as you go along. And also everything that you mentioned that you have been doing, like the spearmint tea, the caffeine, gluten, dairy in the app that's coming out, there will be trackers. So you'll be able to track your progress and consistency with mm-hmm. these things. You can select to track, you know, whether or not you're having three cups of spearmint tea a a day. And then you can look at it and see like, okay, like 20 days out of the 30 days this month, I had spearmint tea three cups a day. I've been doing a great job. I can see my consistency. And then you get a little badge. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You get awards for every, every time you complete something as you should, because you're really working hard for it. Yeah. And we're going to like work on also creating reminders if you want. We we don't want to be like pressuring you, but if you want to create reminders, let's say 10 a.m., have a spearmint tea. You can create a reminder for that Mm. or 3 p.m. or 6 p.m. You can create different reminders and you can keep track of all these different things. So, um, yeah, we're so excited for that. Cool. All right. I guess now, babe, we got to go record a podcast for the sisterhood. Yes. Uh, It's going to be really fun. We're going to be actually talking about the latest sister wins in the podcast for the sisterhood. I always love having those episodes because it's so like, you know, like it makes me so happy to see everybody like succeeding and like really seeing results. Lives changing. Yeah. It's like makes you happy. Obviously, It does. 
All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening to this week's episode. Go on YouTube and watch that grandma falling into the pool. I, I, <laughs> I guarantee you, you will get a smile on your face. And yeah, stay tuned until next week when we do another episode about a different topic. And if you have any questions or topics you want to request, just uh, go ahead and send us a voicemail at one eight three three ask pcos Talk to you soon, sisters. Take care. Bye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come check out The Sisterhood. It's my monthly membership site where sisters just like you are learning how to move through the stages of PCOS. From stage one, cold and alone at the doctor's office, to stage five, nailing the PCOS lifestyle, gluten and dairy free. Get ready to finally feel in control of your body again.